Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But not just any bay. It's a Baywatch. Because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School. A podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Mike Lison, And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Michael, we've got another very special guest this episode. We do. Uh, Good friend of mine, Emily Rose, who I know from the internet and from her wonderful podcast, uh, is joining us for this episode because she is uh, our only fan who has been who has made the decision to watch every episode of the show along with us. A decision I uh, cannot condone in good faith, but do respect immensely. Uh, Em, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hey, hi. I am Emily Rose Reinecke. I am a 30-year-old podcaster and unemployed bum living off of my wife's paycheck. Um, (laughs) I have a podcast called Idle Curiosities that I do with Jason Hellman, and the concept is that we Google shit and then talk about it. It's it's better than it sounds. Um... (laughs) I... Yeah, I've been watching this show along with y'all. Uh, as the show comes out, which means that in order to record this episode, I did have to binge through about six episodes today. That's our bad. We know. It's very fun. And let me tell you, when you watch six episodes in a row, you have literally no idea what happened mm-hmm. in each episode. <laughs> so yeah, this is going to be a great <laughs> little experiment where I sit here and you spend the entire hour going, no, 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 M, M. That was last week. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Yep. I can imagine. Hallelujah. So, some facts about this episode. So, this was written by Rolf Wallengren and directed by Kevin Inch, neither of which had worked on Baywatch previously, and originally aired March 16th, 1990. In this episode, we have a character called Dr. Olsen, who is played by Bo Billingsley. He has appeared in some soap operas, but most notably, he's a voice actor for anime. So specifically, he's the voice of Jet Black in Cowboy Bebop, which is an iconic role. Uh, He was the narrator in Outlaw Star. And for all the super weebs out there who watch Naruto, uh, he is the fourth Raikage in Naruto, which, of course, as we know, is the best Raikage in Naruto. My fellow Naruto fans will agree, Mm -hmm. none of whom listen to this podcast. (laughs) Also... We have uh, famous, not actually that famous, real lifeguard Mitchell Flyer, who Eddie is based on, which makes me wonder, is Mitchell Flyer as much of a dickbag as Eddie is? Because Eddie is a dickbag always and all the time. Uh, I hope they based it on his positive characteristics, not his negative ones, (laughs) uh, because there sure are a lot of them. Uh, But that's all we really have about this episode specifically. So Morgan, take us in. Well, actually, I've got some thoughts real quick because I was I was really curious about this episode because it did feel a little different from other Baywatch episodes. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to look up Rolf Wallengren and see, you know, what his credentials were. This is his only credit. (laughs) What a beautiful man. Oh, man. 
This episode is literally the only thing he has ever done for television. It kind of shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's and he is related to an executive producer. Um, oh, yeah, that makes there sense. we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I feel like as we go through Baywatch, I started to look up some more of the even the future directors and writers, and we get people who are just absolute nobodies, or we get Parker Stevenson, who plays Craig, directing and or writing episodes, which is honestly probably worse. <laughs> but good for him. Yeah, he doesn't even bad. have like an experience <laughs> as an excuse. <laughs> Right, exactly. All he has to go off is that he looks like Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into the episode. Um, we start off with our first montage. It's a very short one. Um, just some nice, happy shots of the beach, setting the scene, you know. Next up, we go to Eddie at the Tower. Shawnee's showing up, but she's an hour late because she was bringing lunch to Jill's parents. Um, kid starts drowning, so Eddie and Shawnee go to rescue them. Uh, but Shawnee gets a leg cramp and just can't help out, so Eddie rescues the kid instead. This is a nothing scene. Like, yes. the only... The only bit of characterization really in this is, ow, my leg hurts. And Eddie, again, being a dickbag, going, ha, you need to, like, not do things, yeah. right? And you're like, Eddie, how are you dating anyone? Like, you're a horrible boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, and person. Yeah. So did either of you suspect right away going into the leg cramp that... It was more than a leg cramp? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Morgan, how about you? Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I was going to say, I'm pretty proud of myself for actually catching that, because if you've ever listened to the Idle Curiosities movie episodes, my trademark is not catching stuff like this. <laughs> gotcha. I mean... I am very bad at critical analysis. <laughs> but here's the thing, and this is just to support you, is that this show is so bad at anything remotely related to subtlety uh, that it's so easy that it, if you missed that, I actually would have had questions more about how you missed it. Well, generally when I miss stuff in this show, it's because I have like my eyes have completely glazed over. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've I just like disassociate for 20 minutes right you mean your attention wasn't held wrapped by the six different montages that we get in this episode jesus christ <laughs> there's that many there are six. i only have three maybe no i mean there there's technically short montages. yeah i was gonna say i am deliberately counting some of the short montages to increase uh, that count but it is still that's almost cheating montages okay fair fair <laughs> Uh, next up, we see Eddie and Court being fancy on Court's yacht, but it's not actually Court's yacht, as we'll find out. Um, but <laughs> he's having a meeting with someone, uh, whose name we will later learn is Gwen about. And she, she definitely runs a place. Yeah, she's, she's, I think this entire first scene, we don't learn her name or what it is that she's doing. Until, like, much later in the episode. Um, Because this show just 
such good writing. Just, oh yep. boy. It really respects its characters, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was convinced during this scene that Court was running some kind of scam where he was pretending to be rich mm-hmm. and was going to, like, scam a rich widow out of money or something like that. Um, it's in character for him, I feel like. Yeah. No, I was kind of expecting that because, you know... He is the most compelling, most charismatic, most interesting character in the entire goddamn series so far. Um, And so, yeah, I was like, you know, this makes sense. They would completely character assassinate him (laughs) just for a throwaway episode at the end of season one. There's not much to assassinate there, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just like. Wow, he's been in for maybe three or four episodes at this point. There's not really that much to really assassinate. That's true. That's true. He does look very good in nothing but overalls, as we'll learn later in this episode. Oh, absolutely. Here for it. Oh, yeah. I do. I, I do like, though, by the way, that he to to sound fancy, he just adds his middle initial. I know. So he's just like, I'm John D. Court the uh, third. <laughs> and of course, also in this scene, he gets Eddie. Uh, and so Eddie is like dressed up as some like waiter uh, and is serving champagne or something, but he clearly doesn't doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and it's also very weird because this unnamed character who meets with Court, who is from a place, uh, <laughs> maybe dated Court, but it's like unsure. Like it seems like they dated, right? Oh yeah, I definitely got those vibes. But at the same time, the rest of the episode doesn't really give us that vibe no it's it's very much a mix of so like have you decided what you want this character to be yet i'm i'm curious if any of this figures into any other episode going forwards because i have my absolutely not (laughs) absolutely not i can assure you that this character who does not have a name yet does not come back Mm -hmm. If, if there's one thing that i know about this show it's that it has never heard of continuity. Oh God, no, not at all. Absolutely. (laughs) I think, I think they've given at least two, if not three different values for how old Hobie is at various points in season one. Yes. I would love to know if they ever implemented a show Bible and at what point they realized it was necessary. You, uh, you say that, uh, and for the first time we actually have an answer. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> and the reason we have an answer is because, well, actually, you know what? I think it's funnier. Morgan, you tell us why. Sure. So there is a website that I cannot remember the name of at the moment. It's called Twitter. Well, <laughs> yes, there's Twitter, but also there's an auction website. <laughs> uh, there's an auction website where they hold fancy auctions Uh, And currently there is a very large auction going on for a whole bunch of David Hasselhoff's personal uh, like Baywatch memorabilia and some stuff from Knight Rider as well. And among those things is a show Bible for Baywatch from like season eight or something. Um, So we know there's at least one by that point. Okay, I would be very surprised if there one in season one. I think this is earlier than season eight. I think it was like season four or something. Um, uh, but I mean, there's a ton of stuff in in that auction. Like, I mean, uh, I have a bid on uh, some visors from that. And Morgan, what do you have a bid on? Well, I had a bid on a bathrobe, but I, it has been outbid, and I am sad because the bid is now up to two hundred dollars, and that's too much money for a bid. Mm. 
Mm, is it though? <laughs> is it? I mean, I mean, surely you're just raking in the ad revenue, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and 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 the fact that we could down the line say, hey, hey, we bought one of your things. You should come on our our podcast, and then he'll be like, well, I can't argue with that. That is a good point. Plus, I feel like since this is a business, it's a write-off. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, I can just write it off on my taxes. Morgan, in that case, can you get the Baywatch mobile that was 40000 <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just throw that on a couple credit cards. You know, no big deal. I did actually, there was a great thing where uh, uh, this group uh, is, uh, that Morgan and I are part of uh, for a podcast that we love called The Flophouse, uh, someone on there was trying to get people to go mm, not half Z's, more like 162 Z's on uh, the life extra life size uh, David Hasselhoff standee from the SpongeBob movie. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah, I I kind of was like, do we know what that's sitting at? Uh, it was like ten thousand, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Yeah. No, it's almost worth a car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ten thousand is. More than most of the cars I've owned. <laughs> <laughs> it's chump change. Yeah. Ultimately. And you know what else is chump change? What, Michael? The $5,000 that Court has been donating a year to this place. <laughs> uh, because he says it's for a good cause. Uh, but He sure does. Eddie, for once the moral one, uh, suggests that Court tell her the truth. Um, that he's not John D. Court third. He's just a bum who owns a surf shop. Um, but he says no, and that it will hurt this person who doesn't have a name. And also the throwaway line of, the old folks need me, um, which <laughs> we don't know what that means yet. Nope. But yeah, he also suggests that Eddie, too, should start donating $5,000 a year to this unknown organization for old people. Now, did they ever establish how much lifeguards get paid? Yes, uh, yeah. we, we established that they make 12 an hour. Yeah. Okay, not bad for them, actually. No, no, not, not at all. But also not 10K a year donation good. Not really, no. <laughs> right, right, absolutely not. I do like to think that this is all actually not what this ends up really being, but it's that um, that cult that that woman from Smallville, Allison Mack, ran. Um <laughs> And I, I, I like to think that maybe this is just court scheme to get Eddie inundated into it. Yeah. I mean... I could see it. After the Snake Eyes episode, we have learned that Eddie will do literally anything court asks him to. <laughs> this <so>. is true. <laughs> like the harpoon. Oh, my God. Anyways. Yeah. Um, speaking of all that money... Um, we cut to the next scene where Craig, Mitch, and Garner are talking about a water ski race to Catalina and back, and they say it'll be safe as long as you don't fall in, as they all say that in unison, and it's definitely funny. <laughs> um, and then we see Court in the background making a call to his accountant to find out how much money he has. But what a shame, it's only $3,000, not the $10,000 that he promised. And everyone overhears this. Quite question, question here. Mm -hmm. Why is it that he just didn't give the normal 5000 Someone else will cover 5000 you know, for this. Like, why Why did he agree to 10000 Yeah, That's an excellent question. They should have written that in. Yep, yeah. 
an answer to that question would have made this episode uh, more cohesive, and I would have understood it better. N- no, it wouldn't. <laughs> See, I, I just assume that everything that he does is purely driven by impulsive, egotistical um, inability to make rational decisions. I'm yes. pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Him and Eddie both are God, yeah. are that. It's, it's it's really raging hypermasculinity, but but mm-hmm. yeah, that I mean as well. The sh- the show only has two characters, <laughs> and they are what raging masculinity and sexual object. Yes, yeah, yeah, well, pretty yeah. much. Sorry. <laughs> you you forgot there is a third character, and it's maybe fourteen year old kid. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> Somewhere between 11 and 15. <laughs> Currently. Listen, he just really wants his power ski. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the other thing in this scene is that Court is talking about potentially selling the shop, and they say he can get 3000 um for it. But yeah, still, it's not enough. And so Craig... Mitch and Garner overhear this uh, and him he's getting really mad and just like in their like lunchroom or something like that shouting and so it starts cueing them into the fact that court court needs some money fast for something um, and he clearly calls it an encumbrance uh, which was not a word that he needed to use um, <laughs> But uh, that sets up our plot of the fact that he just needs to make some money fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh boy, is this plot going to give him a way to do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, we get another short scene where a kid's volleyball has gone into the ocean, and Shawnee is going to go rescue it, but she's too scared of the water to do it, because... Like, she just had a bunch of traumatic shit happen to her last episode. Um, so we get a bunch of really weird guitar riffs under flashbacks of Jill dying. <laughs> and it's... So, when I realized that that's what they were doing... Yeah. Is they were going to double down on PTSD as the B-plot for this episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was floored, because it's such a good idea for an episode. Yep. And they're blowing it this early as a B plot. Yep. Mm-hmm. This isn't even the first time that it's been no. a B plot. No. <laughs> I'm just so upset. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yep. I, I'm it could sh- be so much more. Yeah. I'm sh- they do this, I'm sure, again. Like, I know there's at some point later on in the show where, like, cancer is the B plot. And it's like, these are your <laughs> A plot thing. These are the things that get you Emmys. Like, mm-hmm. make this your A plot. Yeah. Well, I mean, luckily we have an equally important A-plot, which is six different (laughs) water skiing montages. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, I do love the little exchange at the end of this scene where Shawnee's like, sorry, I can't get the ball. And the kid's like, what's going on? Shawnee goes, the current's taking it away. I'm sorry. (laughs) And just walks away, even though the ball is like staying exactly in one place. Like, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Yeah. And they they do a long, like, lingering shot of, of the kid, like, looking at the ball and then looking back at Shawnee being like, what the fuck? Like, clearly it's not being pulled away by the current. What are you talking about? This kid could easily get it. Oh, yeah. Like, this kid could get it 
and not even have to swim. They could just mm-hmm. walk to it. Yeah. Well, at least we have continued to establish the same characterization that we established last time Shawnee was on screen. So this was definitely a worthwhile scene. This is directing <laughs> at its finest. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, it's writing at its finest. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is directing at its finest, though, is this next scene where we see Court in nothing but a pair of overalls repainting his shop. Mm-hmm. Now, see, they could have lingered on this a little bit longer. Agreed. Exactly. Yeah. Mitch and Craig come to give him three grand, and he doesn't want to accept it. But then they tell him that it's payback for the fraternity trip that he took the fall for or something. Um, and they Who don't cares? really explain it. And I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time that you were just like, hey, about about two hours ago, I heard that uh, you needed three thousand dollars and you were shouting at your accountant for it. So I just wrote you a check for three thousand dollars. I don't know what it's for. <laughs> um and you have a history of taking money and literally leaving the country, never showing up again, at least until like another six years later. But this time I trust you. Has that happened to you? I I mean, it's almost happened to me, except I've never written a check before. So <laughs> God, you're so <laughs> fucking young. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy, I hate you. I love you, but I hate you. Wow. OK, anyways. Please I continue. feel like I've written multiple checks this month. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I literally don't think I've ever written a check in my life. How is that possible? What do you do when somebody says that they need you to mail something in? What do you mean? <laughs> like, I had to I had to mail my name change documents to the state mm-hmm. this week, and I have to pay them $30 via a check it's the only type of payment they can accept i i have never been in a situation in my life where check has been the only form of accepted payment i genuinely cannot believe it you 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 darned coastal elite (laughs) i'm i'm from here i'm from this coast and i have written multiple checks this month i've had i've had plenty of situations in my life where cash was the only thing like Every apartment I rented until I moved to Seattle was cash only. But <laughs> what? Checks. That's weird. What? That's very weird. Were you like, like, where are these places just like out, like a gas station? Like, what, <laughs> what is this place? I think these are fronts. Uh, yeah. You might not be as far off as I wish you were. Um, <laughs> wow. They were some sketchy ass apartments. Let me tell you. Is, is this a therapy podcast? <laughs> Isn't every podcast a therapy podcast eventually? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So we just learned some stuff about Morgan. Um, but let's learn some stuff about this episode, specifically mm-hmm. its plot, in which case a kid comes in and is like, can I put up a poster? And shirtless court is just like, don't mind me, but yeah, sure. And the kid's like, rad, dude. And so he puts up a poster for a ski race with a $15,000 prize. That's 5000 more than Court needs. And Court already has 3000 and an extra 3000 So all yeah. of that is profit. Oh, yeah. 
Court decides he's going to enter this water ski race. And so we get our first big montage set to some just just beautiful 90s action movie music. That was amazing. I have it listed as so this music has gated 80s drums like Mm -hmm. a Bill Collins song and also sounds I can only describe as Columbo. Um, (laughs) This episode has the weirdest soundtrack I have heard throughout this entire (laughs) show. Like there is this. There's also um, there's. Also, a song that sounds like late era Einsterzende Neubaden industrial German dance music. And I'm like, who the fuck picked this out? Was this like <laughs> the guy who like curates Chipotle? Like who who, <laughs> who did this? Do you know, by the way, do you know the story about Radiohead and Chipotle? I have literally no idea what you're talking about. Okay. This is foreign to me. So, uh... Obviously, a lot of places, if they have music piped in, they have someone who maybe curates it. Usually, it's just like someone that like put on this Spotify playlist or something. Yeah, like yeah that. Zane Lowe, right? <laughs> but um, what Chipotle did was they actually hired a guy in New York who like curates the music, um, and he also has different Chipotle branches give him suggestions based on, you know, if someone like comes up as like, Hey, I really like this song. Like, what is it? Or just stuff that they like, but he has one rule on that's no Radiohead at all because he said what that Radiohead fuck? is the, is antithetical to the vibe that Chipotle is trying <laughs> to give off, <laughs> which makes no sense. It. Cause they also play like the Smiths. And I'm like, what is what like what part of Chipotle screams, God, I'm so horny. Why can't I get laid? Well, actually, all of Chipotle <laughs> screams yeah. that. But but like Morrissey and like like The Cure and like The Shins and Imagine Drag, all of that. No Radiohead, just none of that. Um, so all of Radiohead is banned uh, from being on the playlist of a Chipotle. That is the weirdest fact I've ever learned, and I'm very (laughs) glad that I know it now. (laughs) You can use that for all of your cool conversations you're having in in person with people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. gonna be my yeah. Next time I'm sitting in a Chipotle, I'll bring it up. (laughs) Hey, can you put on the secret Radiohead track? You know which one. All right. Yeah. Court decides to uh, take his money that he got from Mitch and Craig and buy a super fast boat. And now he's trying to convince Mitch and Craig that this is how he's going to pay them back. And Hobie is on board with this plan. Mm hmm. Uh, They're at the dock looking at the new boat and their competition. And uh, Court says a line that I really enjoy, which is for 15 grand, I can do anything for an hour. Um, which did amuse me. Um, and then so can, can I complain absolutely. about the plot? Yes, please. So help me out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I, I just looked at an inflation calculator mm-hmm. Ooh, and $15,000 in 2021 bucks mm-hmm. is right around $30,000. Holy shit. You're telling me that. Anybody can enter this race mm-hmm. with a $30,000 prize. And as far as I can tell, there were five contestants. Right. That's a really good point. 
Yeah. I would expect $30,000 to attract more than five people. That, but, yeah. but here's the thing. Here's the thing. There was clear hazing going on. So they were all they were all out before it even started. Oh, true. Mm. Yeah, they were all right? caught by the random nets that were in the pace in the well, path of the race. That and the the guys slated to win are called yeah. the Terminator. And everyone <laughs> at this point has not seen Terminator 2 yet, because I think that comes out in 1991, but they're really afraid of Terminator 1. Um, <laughs> so you're telling me that there's a whole, like, the Love Bug style heist Don Knotts action comedy movie that's happening off screen. Oh, God, I wish. Before this race. I want that so bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, we keep on saying that the problem, one of the problems with this show is that it hits that level where it's like, it's super corny, but it could be so much cornier and it just doesn't go for it. Except yeah. on that episode where they have the night puncher and the Oedipal <laughs> wet dreams. That one is like <laughs> too far. That's a 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they There is one other really good corny line in this particular scene, which is that they, they start up the boat um, and it catches fire and Court puts it out. But so one of the guys from the rival boat comes over and says, what have we got here, boys? A good fire. And I didn't bring any weenies. Ha 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 ha. And then oh, yeah. away. <laughs> I wrote that too. <laughs> it's I rewatched that line probably 10 times because I thought it was absolutely hysterical. Uh, I'd also like to bring into this that at one point Mitch says this is the most ridiculous scheme he's ever been brought into by court, mm -hmm. which is fair because Craig was the one brought into the scheme where court bought a fucking harpoon to take <laughs> down a gambling <laughs> ring, uh, which is far crazier. But yeah. Mitch wasn't involved in that. So he's he's correct there. Yeah, we found the one rare moment of Baywatch continuity. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> this show's getting good, guys. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and this show is not um no. It's not good. No. Also, like so I I don't know about y'all, but like I I didn't take notes while watching this. Mm -hmm. Because I'm I am already going far enough just watching it. Yes. I'll be honest. Oh, <laughs> we do, but that's because we do this every week. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, most episodes, as soon as it's over, if someone were to walk in and ask me, what was that episode about? I don't think I could tell them. Yep. Yeah, I, I forget every single episode as soon as we finish recording the podcast. I would say that this episode is different. For me. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say for me. And this is because I trained my mind with <laughs> 17 years of wrestling is that. As soon as someone tells me the name of the episode, I remember what happened, but I couldn't tell you just off the top of my head, like, oh, yeah, in episode three, this happened. But once someone says the name, I'm like, oh, yeah, in Heat Wave, I could basically re-describe that whole episode. Um, but that's because also I hate myself. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah. I know. Life is awful. Existence is awful. <laughs> yeah. But you want to know what else is awful? This episode, let's continue. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, next up, they take the boat to a mechanic who tells them it'll be four to five weeks to fix. And they're like, aw, but we've got a race in like three days. And this is where I realized that Mitch and Craig in this episode are just Statler and Waldorf. Um, 
because they just spend the whole time like making dumb snide comments at each other and giving each other a look. And it was very funny to me to just imagine the two of them being replaced by Statler and Waldorf in this episode. Okay, so if we're going to take that idea, then we really have to go all the way. Oh, please. I mean, Muppets casting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who are our Muppets? (laughs) I mean, Jill is... Jill's not really Piggy. I'm assuming that we haven't met Miss Piggy yet. Yeah. I'm guessing probably whenever Pamela Anderson joins the cast. That's kind of what I'm wondering. Yeah. But is, is Mitch Kermit and is Hobie... Like, that mini Kerbit puppet? Yeah, I think so. Craig right now is Fozzie. Ooh. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like, absolutely. I kind of feel like, um, I kind of feel like Court is, uh, Gonzo, because they have similar levels of horny energy. Yeah, yeah, I see that. <laughs> I was gonna say Eddie is Gonzo, because he's, he's a little bumbling in some of the ways that Gonzo is. Yeah. But Gonzo isn't as bumbling as eddie i think i think eddie is um uh, swedish chef <laughs> eddie could be rizzo the rat yeah Ooh, at perfect yeah yeah oh that's way better i was gonna say um scooter the the most boring muppet from the new muppet movies oh i could see that too but i like rizzo better i think and there aren't enough female muppets so we don't get to assign anybody except piggy <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, luckily, there aren't enough female characters on Baywatch, so... <laughs> yeah, there will be. True, true. Yeah, next up, we've got Shawnee uh, on desk duty now, and Thorpe comes by to tell her that she's doing a bad job at being a lifeguard. And then... Less than satisfactory, I think, is the term he used yeah. specifically. Yeah. It just... he He's just coming over to be a dick. Like... Yeah, he sort of kind of tries to comfort her and then says, but actually, you should take a desk job for a while until you're better. And then she's like, I'm fine. And then, yeah. The interesting part here for me is he does something really humane that is really subtle and like good subtle, not the normal Baywatch subtle (laughs) of like, there's a fire and I showed you it earlier, (laughs) Um, which is that if you notice Thorpe normally only calls people by their last name. Mm -hmm. And in this one moment, he calls her Shawnee. Yeah. uh, When he's trying to comfort her, which I was like, oh, that's kind of like interesting writing, I guess, just to show of like he actually cares because he's not doing that thing that is, I guess, supposed to be playful where he calls (laughs) everybody by their last name. Um, I thought that was nice, but also he's still Captain Thorpe and he sucks. Yeah. He does also use her last name at the end of this scene where he goes, McLean, you're a good lifeguard, but you're not a machine. And then the scene. (laughs) (laughs) I love the way you say that. So Thorpe is Sam the Eagle, right? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, shit. Yeah, he totally is. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to have to, like, make a spreadsheet after this episode or something. Maybe there is actually Baywatch Muppets. Oh, shit. All right, new. I'm gonna look this up. New career goal in life. I'm gonna become a puppeteer and recreate Baywatch episodes using knockoff Muppets. Uh, so I hate to tell you, this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. uh, there is a Baywatch entry in the Muppets Wiki. Uh, <laughs> okay, that has connections, references, Muppet mentions. 
Uh, there's an episode of Baywatch where someone does impressions of Kermit and Miss Piggy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there is. Um, God, there's things like Miss Piggy plays a character in an episode called Spamela Hamderson. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, this is a thing. Uh, there's also. Uh, a video I just found called Muppets Tonight Bay of Pigs Watch, <laughs> <laughs> which was a parody television show of it. It was a recurring sketch on Muppets Tonight. Uh, it casts pig lifeguards, including David Hogselhoff as Champ Schwimmer, <laughs> Spamla Hamderson as Spamla, and Andy and Randy Pig as Donnie and Art C. Shell. What? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, the title is also a pun on the Bay of Pigs in Cuba. Yeah. Which, you know, is just ripe for puns. Oh, my God. Yep. So this is canon now. <laughs> Dear God. Yep. Learn something new every day. I wish I didn't. Sometimes didn't. you wish you didn't. Yep. <laughs> Next up, we've got another brief montage where Shawnee goes for a walk on the beach and sees more flashbacks of Jill and Sharks. While some weird prog rock plays underneath it. I actually have something to say about this one. Ooh. This is actually an original song. Um, really? But it's an un- instrumental original oh, okay. song, uh, which is stupid. Um, so in this in uh, the remaster, they get one that sounds, think of it like mid-90s fighting game end of game boss battle music <laughs> there's pounding drums and random blaring synth music oh man um and this instrumental is by michael larios and it is called the memory Ooh. Uh, but since there's no lyrics uh i can't sing it to you but don't worry there's two other songs oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this this song actually in the original i kind of enjoyed it was very weird but i did like it oh we should ask um which versions did you watch? Hulu. So that's the, uh, I think they bill it as Baywatch Remastered. Okay, yeah. Okay. So it looked good. It didn't look like something straight out of like a VHS. Yeah, no, I threw it up on the TV and it looks great. Oh, nice. Okay, so you watched my version. The d- underwater shots of the shark in the last episode were very disorienting because they were they looked both way better than Baywatch should look but they also didn't look good um, <laughs> and it was it's just it's one of those things where I'm looking at it and I'm going this is very weird it's a weird space to be in but I think I like it <laughs> huh I'm so curious one of these days to watch a remastered episode I've yet to actually watch one yeah let's do it let's switch for the season finale season finale yeah ooh maybe that's what we'll do yeah, but the um, the underwater shots in my version uh, are in 480p and look terrible. <laughs> oh, they were so crisp and so clean. Wow. I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> that just feels wrong. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, next up, we get a really quick scene where Court, Mitch, and Craig are fixing the boat and grumbling about it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the whole scene. Just men being men. <laughs> oh, yeah. You love to see it, I guess? Eh. I don't know. No. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then we get a scene where Eddie and Shawnee are arguing about how she should take a break from beach duty. Um, and Eddie's like, hey, you had something traumatic happen. And Shawnee's like, no, I'm fine. And then Eddie's like, OK, I guess you're cool now because this show hates therapy. But this is so this episode is the exact opposite of Eclipse. Yeah. yeah. Where Eddie is all of a sudden now just like, it's OK that we're all ganging up on you. Just listen. But when you do it to me, it's not well, cool see, at the all. big problem is I don't think the show knows who Eddie is. I don't think they have any idea what they actually want from the character. And if they could figure that out, I think they might have a show. Because I, I like Billy Warlock. I think he's a good actor. These are Agreed. these are my exact thoughts. Is like I would be I would be so curious to know what order season one was written in because it's very clearly not written linearly. Oh like, yeah, I I think you can see even in like episode like three or four where we meet Eddie's like old friend from Philly who's a crimesman. Um, and like that one feels like a much more fleshed out characterization of Eddie than almost any other episode in season one. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think that's yeah, exactly how I feel of like Billy Warlock is a good actor and I wish he was given anything <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this show hates therapy and it uh, is insistent that we also hate it. So that's cool and fun. You want to know what else is cool and fun? What, Michael? When you test a boat and the music that plays is the same music of someone slow-mo running to defuse a bomb. Because that's what's <laughs> happening in this scene. Ill-fitting music strikes yet again. Yeah, we get uh, our third montage of the episode. And we're like 25 minutes into the episode, I think, at this point. Um, but now it's another water skiing montage where they are testing out the new boat. I have a theory on this. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I think that we got six montages for a reason. Yeah. Ooh. And that reason is that Rolf Wallengren, who had never written anything before and never wrote anything afterwards, did not have a long enough script. <laughs> yeah, you are probably, probably right about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cannot imagine that he showed up to set yeah. with a full episode. Oh, yeah. You know, this makes a lot of sense. So as I mentioned before, like a lot of the remastered original songs and stuff are on BaywatchRemasteredHD.com. And I've already gone through quite a few of these songs. And I'm like, there's 11 more seasons. And they do not have these songs not occur at the same pace as they have in this season. Probably (laughs) because they figured out how to write or to get writers and knew how to write things better. Uh, so they didn't have to just run montages all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. God, I cannot wait to see what this show becomes if it actually gets to be good. I just I can't wait. I know. I'm so I'm so curious. Like, what does what does season 11 of this show look like? Like, how do you oh, possibly God. keep going with this for another 10 seasons? Does there come a day where I want to hit the next episode button? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I personally love watching this show because it's eye bleach for me from everything else going on in the world. Um, yeah. But at the same time, having watched one episode, specifically the wrestling episode that's like in the middle of season six, 
I seen it and I still can't answer that question for you. <laughs> Great. Can't wait. We we love to hear I, it. Though, though <laughs> I did do some some reading about so um there's like one person, uh Allison Pregler, who does Baywatch movie nights. Allison Pregler, I barely know her. <laughs> her favorite episode is like in season that was amazing. Uh, her favorite episodes, like in season five or season six, and she also has mentioned that, like, when she wants to give people an example of what is like an actual good episode of Baywatch, she gives an example from season four, which she says is actual good television, hmm. as opposed to like a lot of the rest of this show. So, like, we have good stuff that's coming. Um, it's just we got to space it out. Yeah can't risk the show actually you know being good gotta make sure we space out those good episodes well we wouldn't be doing a (laughs) podcast about it if it were all good (laughs) yeah that's a good point (laughs) you know what happens next morgan i sure do this montage ends with court falling in uh so mitch and craig rescue him and this rescue takes such a long time that we need an ad break in the middle of it and it was very funny to me after that uh, Court, Mitch, and Craig go to the hospital when Eddie shows up. Uh, Court has some cracked ribs and bruises, but is otherwise completely okay. But the doctor says you can't go skiing for a while. Do, do you think they're traumatized from having been in the same hospital two episodes in a row? Probably. Yeah, I feel like they are. I It was weird that it was exactly the same hospital set. Like, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, it's not like there's like it's not like they're going to go to a different hospital, I guess. But it did just feel weird to me. I don't know. Well, you could go to Weenie Hut or <laughs> Weenie Hut Med or Weenie Hut Juniors. You know, <laughs> you're going to pick Weenie Hut Med. Yeah. Sure. It's uh, a good SpongeBob joke. Don't don't. Dis- oh, <laughs> duh. Yes. I don't know why I didn't remember that. Mitch at this point tells Craig that uh, Craig's going to take Court's place on the skis, and eventually Craig agrees. And then we get a scene where Mitch goes and talks to Garner to get Garner to help him mod the boat's engine, but Garner still hates water and water accessories, so he doesn't want to do it. (laughs) And then we get another montage, uh, this time set to Billy Ocean's When the Going Gets Tough which I love as a song for this montage. Um, But the whole montage is Garner, like, tweaking the engine and them testing it out, and then him tweaking the engine and them testing it out. And then Craig, like, is water skiing, but he keeps falling, but then he gets back up again, and it's, yeah, it goes on for a very long time. We get an original song. Um, The problem with this episode is that we... I don't know who does all of these songs, unfortunately. This song is very bizarre, though. Uh, and it starts off with its music starting as he revs the engine and then fading away and then starting up as he revs it again. And it's very stupid. But I like that part. Um, oh. But, you know, what I don't like are the lyrics uh, and the music itself, of which I'm going to attempt to actually try to sing some of, uh, just to show you how bad this is. Um, okay, so here we go. In it, to win it, hey! 
<laughs> in 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 it. Let's go. And yeah. <laughs> in it to win it when we're representing in it to win it. So let's go and get it now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then um from there it has thing the lyrics of everybody needs a second chance or third for a start. A do over again. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Everybody wants to rule while while playing the part of more than a friend. Oh. Yeah. No holding back now that the stakes are high. Oh oh. And then in it to win it when we're representing in it to win it. So we're unrelenting in it to win it. So let's go and get it now. And they repeat that again. And they just keep on saying, let's go and get it now. Um, this is unfortunately so beyond catchy. And I, I hate it. <laughs> I, I, this is proto Hannah Montana. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's huh. you would like it, Morgan. You're okay. you have trash taste. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm sorry. That was too far. <laughs> I don't notice the original songs, but I took note of this one. This one, I actually, I, I do actually find it catchy and I like it, but I also hate it for that. <laughs> huh. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll listen to it. I mean, I probably won't, but maybe I will. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now that the engine tuning is all done, uh, we get some more shots of court in his overalls, and it is a very good look for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Gwen, the woman from earlier who was running the old person's home that Court was going to donate to, shows up. We didn't say it was a home yet. Oh, yeah. I think this is where we find out. Or maybe later. I don't know. I didn't write down where we find out. We do now, but it's... Okay. it's I'm going to be specific about what it is, but continue. Sure. Um, yeah, we learn at this point that Court... Um, was trying to pretend that he was a record executive, a real estate mogul, and a Beverly Hills tycoon. Um, (laughs) And he is unable to keep up his cover that he is those things and gets slapped by Gwen. This is also where to reveal what this place is. It's a convalescent home. Mm -hmm. A convalescent home is not really an old person's home. Uh, It's basically inpatient rehab. So it's short term rehab, but it's typically for older patients. So it is kind of like, uh, you know, a long like a old person facility. I I forget what really the term is, but it is more medical based, uh, which makes it far weirder as a choice, given the fact of every reason court has for knowing what this place is has nothing to do with the term short term. Um, yeah. So someone f- discovered a word and really wanted to put it in their episode <laughs> and didn't know what it meant. Now, do you think that could have been the yeah. episode writer who has never done anything before since? <laughs> uh, good old Rolf, he wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> After all the things he's well, done before, Rolf, of which there are none. This episode. <laughs> I have nothing against you as a person, I don't think. I mean, I probably do, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. One more thing oh, is that uh, she, she, she is really upset. Gwen is really upset at court. Um, and this really also doesn't make a lot of sense. It would make more sense uh, if they were like sleeping together, which is only really, really slightly implied. 
But as far as donations go, well, it's implied. But also, if they were sleeping together, she would have figured out that he's not some mogul way sooner. Like, you can't, like, rent a boat and then just fuck on it. I feel like you can. I mean, have you ever tried? Yeah, you totally I have. Can. I have not tried. There, are, uh, there is literally a company here in Seattle that will rent you hot tub boats. Okay, so I am wrong. <laughs> I don't. I just assume she would know, but I'm clearly I mean, I, wrong. I, okay, so I, I throw I, out this point. I don't disagree that she should know. I do disagree that you can't rent can't rent fuck boats. And I want to be clear here: if I'm renting a boat, I am going to fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is all boat and all fuck or nothing. <laughs> oh my god. Um <laughs> uh next up we get a scene where uh Eddie and Shawnee are in their wetsuits and trying to get Shawnee over her fear of water, and Shawnee keeps being like, but I'm not afraid of water. And then as soon as she's in the water alone, she freaks out and calls for Eddie because she sees flashbacks of sharks because you can't get over PTSD by just wishing that it was done. You need Mm -hmm. to actually go to therapy. And this show hates therapy. Sure does. Um, But Eddie jumps in and rescues her. And then it's all okay or something. Next up, we have another quick scene where Court finally comes clean to everyone and tells them that the real reason he's been donating is because his uncle is in the home, and that's why he's been doing this. His it's it, and his uncle's in the home because he was like I was poor and I couldn't find a, a place, so I put him in this home. But he makes it sound like it was a long time ago because yeah. he's been donating for years, which again is not short term. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Putting thought into this episode feels like a mistake because I feel like we've thought about it more than anyone involved with this episode has. <laughs> Let's add on to this, Morgan. Let's add on to this. Quick spoiler for the next scene, mm-hmm. which is that Court goes to visit his uncle Stan, who just looks fucking dead. Yes. In a bed. And he's just like, you should go talk to him. And I'm like, that is the deadest dead man I've ever deaded right there. That is not a short term dead. That is long term dead. Okay, you have not visited him in years, okay? Years that this place could not handle. And you cannot afford to just be donating $5,000 a year every year on the hope that this guy just doesn't die in your inpatient rehab. I don't know what's going on here. What the fuck, Rolf? What the fuck? Yeah. M, thoughts? None. (laughs) Are you kidding me? None. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Um, yeah, like you said, there's a quick scene where Mitch and Court go to visit Uncle Sam, or Uncle Stan, rather, um, and nothing happens. And it's a pointless <laughs> scene. I'd like them to visit Uncle Sam and then just get really patriotic. <laughs> Court visits the IRS to go pay back taxes, and that's the beat. Honestly, that that feels like it might be real. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds like it's always sunny. Honestly. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's a way you could do an It's Always Sunny Baywatch crossover that wouldn't just be weird. 
but I don't yeah, it's, it's just it's, called the gang. It's called the gang goes dun, to dun, the dun, beach. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> easy done. <laughs> or, or you could be like the gang goes to the beach and the Capitol building. No, too soon. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Fuck that joke. <laughs> um, let's see. Next up, we've got a scene where Shawnee's in a locker room cleaning out. So I'm, I'm curious to hear from both M and Michael on this. Whose locker was Shawnee cleaning Doesn't out matter. this scene? Oh, that's a good question. Doesn't matter. It, 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 yeah. Well, that's that's it, the real. It, it isn't the person's locker. It isn't the person's locker. It's the idea of a locker being cleaned out. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be hers that she then stuffed Jill's stuff into. I guess. But yeah, it's it's really just an excuse for Gardner to come in and tell her that instead of going to therapy to deal with your PTSD, you should just wait and it'll be fine. You know, historically, that cures PTSD. Oh, yeah. Really just like no possible way that it continues to fester and get worse. When you say it like that, yeah, okay, this scene seems really <laughs> bad uh, because I didn't take it as bad. And now I think of it and I'm like, okay, yeah, this scene is actually really bad. Yeah. Um, because he does have that good line of just remember whatever you found aside, you have not failed here. You made a difference. Sure. Which is a, a great line. But also you're completely right where he is just like. Don't worry, the trauma I got from when my partner was shot just went away when I continued to shoot people. Yeah. Which is like, what? Yeah. Well, and so on that point, like, obviously his advice is bad and wrong. And also my next note for this is that Garner might be one of the most emotionally intelligent people on this series. Um, Yes, him (laughs) and Mitch are the two emotionally intelligent people. Yeah. I'm fine with that, actually. I'm very fine with that. Yeah, I, Mitch... Being emotionally intelligent is at least nice to have a main character who's at least good at being a father. But don't worry, we don't have to think about PTSD for too long, because it's time for montage number five. That's right, it is another water skiing montage, this time set to some ZZ Top. Wait, really? Uh, Ooh, that's much better than what we got. Oh yeah, ZZ Top's Dippin' Low, which is not a ZZ Top song I had ever heard of before. So... The music we get um, is a new genre of music, I think. Um, (laughs) It is butt rock. Okay. But it's not new metal butt rock. It's classic rock butt rock. Um, It's not like, you know, Crush 40's Sonic the Hedgehog butt rock. (laughs) Um, Let me tell you the lyrics and you'll see what I mean. Start the engines. Time to fire it up. Bring it on. Fire the gun. Rising up and the crowd erupts. Bring it on. Here I come. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to race you to the finish line. I'll take the win and steal the spotlight. I'm going to race you to the finish line. Yeah. Go the distance because we're made for speed. Here I come. Number one. Ain't no one out there to compete with me. Bring it on because I'm the one and now. Oh, and then it's just repeats. I'm going to race you to the finish line. And well, it's bad. Oh, there's also a woo. <laughs> part in there also which is just very weird and obnoxious yeah um so yeah his song sucks yeah it's got a lot of like big confusion going through the whole thing which I, you know mm-hmm. i give them points for tone matching yeah they they are at least 
consistent about the fact that all of their water skiing montages are very similar and have the same music. <laughs> Don't you just love water sports in this show? I mean, water sports. I mean, what? <laughs> yes. Um, okay. But that's for another podcast. Um, <laughs> it's for it's for our water sports podcast. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. That's that's the after show. Um, ba- that's for Baywatch nights. Oh yeah. Um, next up, we get a scene where Shawnee shows up to her tower and starts looking at pictures of Jill. And this is enough to cure her of her PTSD and convince her that she shouldn't quit Baywatch after all. They're not even pictures of Jill, actually. They aren't? No, they're pictures of Eddie. <laughs> oh. Well, then it's much more stupid. Dumber. That's borderline infuriating. No, it, it, that is infuriating. Wow. Yeah. The show is bad. Uh-oh. We know that already. <laughs> we love this show, but we also know it's bad. Yeah. Just as she is looking at these pictures and decided not to quit because of them. Someone starts drowning, so she goes to rescue them. And who should start running down the beach? But Mikey Nooms um, <laughs> shows up just as Shawnee has rescued this kid um, and starts doing some real TV CPR, which is to say, mm-hmm. lightly breathing at someone's mouth. He does a single CPR, like a yeah. single unit of CPR, <laughs> and then she's good. He's that he's that good at it. Mm hmm. Yeah, just a real a real skilled lifeguard. Even better is afterwards, Eddie congratulates him and says, I think he calls him like a stud yeah. or something. He's just like, good job. You're like a stud. And I'm like, what? Like, it's his job, dude. Calm down. Yeah. He also, Eddie also after this apologizes for making Shawnee go in the water the other day when she wasn't ready. And that is the first emotionally mature thing he's done in 20 episodes. Mm hmm. Um, But then don't worry, we don't have to think about that too long, because guess what time it is again? That's right. It's another fucking water skiing montage for montage number six. You see, when you rent water skis, they force (laughs) you to keep them for a certain amount of time. And they figured we might as well use all of that time. Yeah. And, you know, you don't just have <laughs> footage of 12 hours of water skis without <laughs> using a footage of 12 hours of water skis. It's a good point. It's it's really like economical filmmaking when you think about it. Like this is. Yeah, it's just responsible. Exactly. This is this right. is truly like an example of like minimalism in film where I mean, really, they could have <laughs> just spent the entire episode using the water skiing footage that they had. But they restrained themselves to only six montages. That's like how an armored car. They had one really good game of volleyball, and we're like, "Shit, what I, I got a bone to pick with so you." Keep playing, keep playing, uh, and that was it. I got a bone to pick with you, which is that I, I haven't heard your armored car episode yet, but I genuinely liked that episode. It is maybe my what <laughs> second favorite episode of the season so far. Really? Wow. Yeah, we're Any, so anyway. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm curious what you liked about it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah, think on. I can defend it. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's fair. I was that's what curious. this show the show does that to you. There are parts of the show that you just really enjoy for some stupid reason. It was distinct. And it's what makes me keep watching. Like 
When you say armored car, I know exactly which episode you're talking about. Well, that's because there's an armored car in it. Well, yeah. What's on the box <laughs> is in the box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. But it's also just like, I think, I mean, we really didn't like it because it's so just like 90% of the episode does not matter. Yeah, but you see. When I'm watching this show, I have long ago given up on the idea of plot even being a thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I'm I'm just I'm just soaking in the vibes. (laughs) It's not the way it's not the way we're doing it. (laughs) Yeah, we uh, we have a nice long montage here. Uh, Skiers start falling in, including Craig and his main competition. Because there was nets in the water, I didn't yeah, this understand make any sense. this. Why were there? They nets? fell. They they fell out, and then there were nets. But I I I think they were supposed to be like obstacles for them. I think like maybe it's not clear. But why? There's also there, it's not clear. Also, <laughs> also like Morgan, this has another. This is another episode where, like, we have to create some sort of theory mm-hmm. uh, to explain how these two guys get caught in nets and still end up in first and second place out of five people. Because um, that makes no sense. So I'll be honest with you. I was tuned out at this point because Mel had just gotten home from work. My wife had just gotten home from work. And so I was a little bit tuned out at this point. But I remember looking at the TV and seeing that they were caught in the nets. And I remember a few minutes later looking and I, I thought, I think they won. Yes, that is correct. And I could not bring myself to rewind it and try and figure out how that happened. So please, please, please enlighten me. I will trust whatever you say to be canon. So so here's roughly what happens. Um, and I can probably describe this in about 30 seconds. And it did take them about five minutes to do this. Um Craig and the other guy are water skiing. Craig gets caught in a net that's in the ocean for some reason. Other guy also falls over for some reason. Mitch and Court go, oh, no, Craig fell in. Let's go rescue him. So they spin the boat around, cut the net away. Craig gets back up and then him and other guy both are back on their skis. And then Craig wins. Yeah. Now, you're not Hmm. you did not miss anything. (laughs) <laughs> okay. How, however, you may have missed the subtlety of this scene. Oh. And the subtlety of this scene is what's going on when you're not looking, right? So what's what? happening is that is that they're there, they're caught in the nets, and they go, cut me out, cut me out. And they run up and they cut them out. And they have to get back on the water ski and catch up. But they're, they're so far behind. How are they going to get there? That's where I think we combine two theories we've previously had on this podcast into one. So I use our theory of uh, Pokemon where a Lapras shoots an ice beam and they just slide (laughs) on some ice Mm -hmm. combined with our uh, usage of uh, the flash uh, and having this superpower that just controls speed uh, as a force all together into one to create some super boost that somehow allows them to win a race that is this race seems like it takes like two minutes to finish like i there is this is not a long race um and there are five people and they get stuck in the net for at least maybe two minutes so they got to have like mario kart 
mushroom level <laughs> boost. Like golden mushroom, I hold down the boost button over and over to win. There's no way that they win unless you like create some random stupid fucking theory out of nowhere. <laughs> um, and I'm so creatively drained, I can't even figure out what that theory really is. They believed in the heart of the cards. Yeah. Ooh, we could totally bring Yu-Gi-Oh! into this podcast. It's about as relevant as anything else we talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I do think maybe the Nets was a trap card. Mm. Uh, Then Mitch Mitch summoned his Jinzo, which disables all trap cards uh, on your side. Uh, So then the trap card got disabled. So then Craig got out. Uh, And then maybe they cast a summon uh, and then blue eyes, white dragon, because, you know, the sea is blue and they're white. (laughs) Um, This show is racist. Um, And (laughs) they just sped to the finish uh, because it's a strunk card and it just wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah, that works. I followed. Makes as much sense as as what actually happens in this episode. (laughs) But what does happen in this episode? I still don't know. Uh, Craig wins and then... Uh, they all are celebrating at the end of the race and court goes, we should do this again next month. Cause there's another race and Mitch and Craig push him into the water. And just before he hits the water, freeze frame and credits. Cause the episode's over. They like grab him to pull him back in, which makes no sense. Yeah. Cause wouldn't they want to push him into the water? Yeah. It feels like they just cut like half a second too late. Like, <laughs> It feels like they cut 30 minutes of plot. Well, (laughs) honestly. Yeah, they could have cut 30 minutes earlier and we wouldn't have lost much. But Morgan, uh, that's our episode. Mm -hmm. So uh, our rating system here. Yeah, we have a scale of one to ten where one is you're walking on a beach. It's very, very muddy. And there's some twigs and maybe there's some assorted glass and maybe there's a you know, some bonbons. I don't fucking know. Uh, there, and it's just like poking into your feet. And a 10 is sniffing Mitch's abs. Uh, where would you rate this? Man, I I gotta say, honestly, like, for as much shit as I've talked about this episode during the podcast, I actually think this might be one of the better ones. Um, it was certainly better than Shark Derby last week. That is for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and while they did horrendously mismanaged the PTSD B plot as they do anytime mental health, anything gets brought up on this show. The water skiing montages were fun and did let me pretend that I was just watching something dumb on YouTube instead. Um, so I'm going to give it like a six and I'm going to say that, uh, six is the experience of having a really good, like taunt line about roasting weenies, but getting so caught up in the wording of it that you forget to actually, like, deliver it with any inflection. And what about you? So, uh, overall, I thought it was actually better than average for this show. I was able to follow the plot, which is honestly impressive. Yeah. I kept track of which characters were which, and I blame that largely on the fact that, um, what's-her-name died? Mm-hmm. And so now there are less women who all look identical. Thank you. I have had trouble throughout this entire podcast run telling Jill apart from anyone else. And I'm glad to hear it's I, not just me. <laughs> I easily could. But 
That's just me. Maybe my prescription is great. Maybe my glasses. <laughs> I am I historically know. extremely bad at telling characters apart. Um, my, I, my favorite story on this is that when my wife and I were watching Orphan Black, it did take me three episodes before I commented that some of the characters looked the same. <laughs> For those who don't know, Orphan Black is a show about characters looking the same. Mm-hmm. To put it mild. And then I stopped watching the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, I give it a six and a half stars, which is the equivalent of pushing John D. Court off the side of a boat. <laughs> Ooh, I dig it. I dig it. How about you, Michael? What's your rating for this one? You know, I do agree that it is better than Shark Derby. Um, I'm kind of in awe that Shark Derby is just this highest rated episode. Like, I know it's because that Jill dies and that's why. But I think this episode's better. There's been better episodes that we've watched of this show for sure, um, and and we we named episodes the you know, last episode that were better than this, and this is one of them. Um, I would give this episode a seven because I actually had a lot of fun watching this episode. It's not a great episode, but like what I'm looking for in this show is fun and like eye bleach and like a distraction. And I watched this episode. Uh, maybe like two and a half times and wow. each time I was like well th- I watched it I always watch an episode twice and the half I watched before we started recording here tonight and I didn't finish all of it because then we started recording um, and I had fun each time and I was like hey, this is fun uh, so I'll give it a seven and I'm gonna say a seven is uh, walking into Chipotle and <laughs> hearing some some new tune and you're like what is that and you're like oh wow it's this new band called foster the people and you're like oh what is what is foster the people sound like otherwise and like well this is the only good song and you're like oh well can you play some radiohead uh, and they're like well what's the password uh, <laughs> and you tell them the password and uh, the password is probably something like i don't know like Tom York for president. I don't fucking know what it is, right? And you give them the secret password, and they're like, we'll play you the one Radiohead song that's allowed, and it's just 15-step. But it's not even the lyrics. It's just the drum beat from 15-step over and over. And they play that for, like, seven minutes while you eat your burrito. And you go back home, and you shit yourself into death. And uh, it was a good life. Worth living. You heard that Radiohead song. You got that Chipotle. Everything turned out good, just like this episode. Thank you. (laughs) I think I think that might be the most in-depth rating we've ever given on this show. It's not. I've done more in-depth. I've done more in-depth ones that I'd also planned, but that might be the most off-the-cuff oh, okay. rating that I've yeah, done. Yeah, so Morgan, can you just edit that out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That would be pretty fucking amazing. I I do want to also uh, talk about what happens in our next episode, Mm -hmm. Um, but I have to pull that up, so give me one moment here. No worries. Let's just talk amongst ourselves for a moment (laughs) while I do that. So I'm going to predict that the next episode, What's-Her-Name is completely cured of PTSD and is working Mm -hmm. as if it had never happened. Probably. 
and um, Garner LRB probably shoots someone for looking at him weird because he's a cop and all cops are bastards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For even in a show like this that, like, is attempting to be, like, pro-cop or whatever with him, like, man, he he does a lot of really shitty cop stuff in this show. <laughs> like, goddamn, even, even what's ostensibly a, like, positive portrayal just, like, can't escape the fact that ACAB, like... Okay. So our next episode is the penultimate episode of season one of Baywatch. Also, the penultimate episode before this show gets canceled and then (laughs) revived. Um, Thanks, Germany. Uh, And it is called Old Friends. And first, as always, we're going to do the Baywatch wiki and then the IMDb plot. So the Baywatch wiki plot is... Mitch, Craig, and Garner go on a hang gliding trip that results in a series of accidents for all three. Meanwhile, Court sees someone that he thought had died a year ago. Okay, okay. All right. Here's the IMDb plot. Craig, Mitch, and Garner go for a weekend hang gliding trip, but Mitch has an accident where he gets stuck in a tree and eventually falls. With Mitch unconscious, <laughs> Craig and Garner have to wait for a rescue helicopter to come, which is delayed. Meanwhile, Court reacquaints himself with a woman whose husband had drowned a year ago, but learns that the husband actually faked his death to collect the insurance. Now, Court must decide whether or not to turn them both in. Sounds like we're going to be doing a lot of waiting around next episode. I can only imagine there's going to be a ton of montages. Now, I should add the IMDb picture for this episode is just a woman in a yellow bikini. So, oh boy, we have some good stuff to look forward to. Great. Can't wait. Yeah. um, I don't imagine this episode will be very good, uh, but it does seem to have a good rating on IMDb for a Baywatch episode. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see next week how we feel about it. Oh, unfortunately, we we can't just be watching Baywatch all the time, yeah. every time. What a shame! Mm. <laughs> I love this show. I don't know what I'm talking about. I do legitimately love this show. So it whatever has grown on me more than I was expecting. It, it has not grown on me. Hell yeah! That's why you put money in on a bathrobe that someone else has worn. And expected to win it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think uh, I think that mostly wraps things up. I want to thank you, Emily, for coming on this episode. It's been an absolute blast having you. And we would love to have you back at some point. Of course. Um, so yeah, just go ahead and listen to Idle Curiosities. You can go to milfparty.icu to find it. And yeah, this has been great. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. It's I will also second your recommendation of the podcast. It is very fun, and I enjoy listening to it quite a bit. Um, But yeah, I want to thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrapp. And I am at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. Emily, do you want to plug your Twitter? Yeah, and I'm at Emily Reinecke. That's E-M-I-L-Y-R-E-I-N-E-K-E. Why did I have trouble spelling that? <laughs> it's this show. It does stuff oh, to you. Oh, yeah. This Baywatch truly rots your brain. 
Like, I understand the oh, anti-TV arguments now. <laughs> well, it rots your brain, but also, like, our brain has been rot from watching too, Betty, too many, like, bad movies well, yeah. and mine from watching too much wrestling and The Bachelor. Um, so it's all just nothing there to rot. Really. Yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. Ugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>